And welcome to the Life Support Live podcast, the weekly podcast that explores how Star Trek can help us to boldly go in our own lives to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. As a famous starship captain once said, and as another famous starship captain also once said, the one with the new series on the way, wherever our mission takes us, We'll try to have a little fun along the way. Always, always. That's the goal. Hi, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Ali Matu. And I'm Dr. Trek, Larry Nimacek. One of us is a real doctor. And we'll leave it to you to decide who that is. <laughs> hey, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we record this show live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook with our audience joining in and rebroadcast here as a podcast. If you'd like to join us live, check out the links in the show notes. And now, let's engage with our regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress. On this episode of Life Support Live, we're exploring romance and relationships. How can Star Trek help us to better connect with the people we love in our lives? And maybe in some cases, help us to find love or rekindle it. Uh, Larry, we're doing something interesting today because... Well, it's about time. Well, yeah, it's been 17 episodes. Probably about time we do something interesting. We have a new Star Trek series to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about it, but also not hey, talk what? about it. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's a new... There's like 20 of these new Star Trek series now. Well, I, I should... I know, I'm kidding, but Ollie, we should... Uh, make sure we specify that, yes, we are well aware that it's a new series for two nations in the world. Yeah, and that's what our original plan was. Weeks ago, we were going to do um, a live watch and reaction and discussion. However, the problem with that is the production cycles have moved. The timelines have moved. Originally, we were supposed to have new Star Trek Discovery right now coronavirus hit it was harder for them to finish star trek discovery while being socially distant than it was for them to finish lower decks yes so lower decks moved up but um tv is hard to move (laughs) you have to do different languages new contracts with every country you have to do subtitles they couldn't get lower decks globally ready in time now. So it's only available in Canada and the United States. Is that right, Larry? That's it. That's it. Yes. So it's, I mean, it's schedule and timing. I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing as Whoopi Goldberg's schedule and why yesterday's enterprise, uh, almost was a horrible episode. Oh, wait, that's another, that's a K3 factor for another Sounds like a K3 factor. Sounds like a K3 factor that I want to know. I want to know more about that one. I'm guessing it involves sister act, but I don't know. Um, so because so, of that, we're not so, doing a live, uh, watch of Lower Decks. Instead, we're using, we're gonna talk about Lower Decks in a non-spoiler way, and we're using one of the storylines from Lower Decks to inspire this week's episode. And that's what we're gonna be doing here on out. We're not doing spoilers here on out for Lower Decks, but it is gonna inspire us. And today's episode is inspired by one scene. It's about romance. So let us know right now in the comments, What's your favorite relationship, romantic relationship from Star Trek? There's a lot to choose from. We are still doing the whole breadth of the of the franchise. We're doing all of it. All so much of it. Um, so let us know. So um, Larry, 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 my friend. Ali, 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 Ali. Dr. Trek, I've been dying to ask you all week. Can Welcome. I get your 
non-spoiler impressions of Lower Decks? It was after seeing the promo scene, which I hope was a little hyped up for the pilot. Uh, I'm overall, I've, I've read a lot of people's concerns and things, and we can even get into that a little bit without being too spoilery, but I was overall impressed. I think the mission of Lower Decks is to appeal to a snarky young adult, not kids, although kids may be along for the ride depending on their parents and where they are, but I think if it's going to be a snarky adult swim kind of introduction to Star Trek for a new audience, They've got to get there, and it's still on CBS All Access. And apparently now it's in only two countries. They'll get there, but I think with that mission with that mission statement, I think it's going to get there. And there are definitely some bright spots and some fun. You can tell that it's made by people in the family, people that are worried about these idiots that are going to make fun of Star Trek. It's definitely not. It's definitely a love letter. And then within that, I think you can get in and you think you can you can debate or you can critique where you think some things might be on the comedy line and maybe even yeah. on the taste line. And I know comedy is a whole yeah. thing in itself about where you push the envelope. So people are going to have yeah. those discussions. But I think overall, what really hit me about the first promo was how the detail. It's like, now I know why it took two years to do ten and a half hour cartoon episodes. <laughs> I don't even think, you know, in animation, they're supposed to be called backgrounds. But I think of them as sets. I mean, the design of the sets and props and everything and the attention. And when they invented something new, they kind of, they gap filled very well, I thought. So, yeah, yeah, we can get into specifics. And and it's nice to see races. I'm still, my biggest beef so far, and maybe I'll be alleviated, there were a lot of wonderful old Star Trek species that we saw. No Tellarites. Yet. You know, the Tellar- Tellarites get no respect. They get they no get respect. They're a founding friggin' member. They're, they're a founding member. Yeah, yeah. I um, I know you're a big Tellarite fan. I'm a big Andorian I fan. underdog, and they've been an underdog. They're underdog. Uh, the day they were born. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. I completely agree with you. I'm a big Andorian fan, and we've seen a lot more love for Andorians on Star Trek Enterprise as well as Star Trek Discovery. Then we mm-hmm. have uh, Tellarite, so uh, I'm there with you, um, uh, Larry. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see some more soon. I think your take is a is a good one, and it's pretty similar to where I am. There's a lot I really liked about uh, Lower Decks. One of the things that I um, I most liked about it, it made me laugh. It brought a smile. It brought a smile to my face. Is that? Am I quoting Scotty? Uh, brought a tear to me eye. That's the line. Oh, it's but the same it, but different. It's same but different, which means it's pretty different. <laughs> it didn't bring a tear to my eye, but it did bring a smile to my face. And uh, it, it's it's just the thing that made me most smile, Larry, is all the nods to Star Trek, um, and and done in a way that what doesn't feel like fan service, but it, yes. it feels like something they're they're really honoring from from the production design, the sets to the sounds, to little details like the bunks. Uh, we saw bunks in Star Trek VI. We saw bunks in Star Trek, Defi- um, Star Trek Defiant. No, that's my headcanon for a Star Trek series that I want to see on the USS Defiant in Deep Space Nine. There's a law that Star Trek series aren't allowed to have three-word titles unless they're <laughs> grandfathered in like Strange New Worlds. Otherwise, <laughs> but from now on, it's one-word titles so we can have ridiculous syllable. Or two. Or two. Oh, we can okay. Have two or, words. 
Yeah. Well, it's two words. It has to be animated. <laughs> right. The new show um, is actually called Star Trek Prod Iggy, just so you know. Gee, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll separate out the syllables. Yeah. Um, the there's... There's things that um, there's things I didn't like. Um, the thing that um, and the thing that I don't like is similar to what I don't like about um, most of the CBS iteration, which is they're kind of trying to figure out how to make a Star Trek show that is not on network that doesn't have to abide by the same rules. And to me, it feels like CBS CBS has one foot in how shows were done in a network way and one foot in this new world. So everything from when they swear to when they don't to when they show graphic imagery and when they don't, I don't think they've quite figured out how it works. And you and I were, were talking about this. Like a, a great example of this is um, Star Trek IV. Um, those um, colorful metaphors that we see in Star Trek IV really seem to serve the story. And I'm not yet convinced that when we see colorful metaphors or Star Trek or graphic imagery in Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, and now Lower Decks, that it quite fits the story. So I think that needs to be worked out. But Larry, every first season of Star Trek minus the original series has had a lot of problems to work out. So um, I'm hopeful we'll get there with lower decks. We we call it growing pains in the ca- yeah. except in the case of uh, Discovery where it was like birthing disaster. But other than that, <laughs> but the baby <laughs> survived. The doctors and parents were determined for the baby not to die on the delivery table. So, yeah. <laughs> Larry, um, there's a lot of love for all the relationships we have seen on on Star Trek. There's um, um, folks are talking oh. about um, all sorts of um, of these. So I, I just want to pop into the comments section. It's almost section. as if you say relationships and Star Trek and people's tongues start wagging. What a concept. It's like there's, a, there's a lot of love to be loved, I guess. It's like the found tenet of Star Trek fandom <laughs> is the... Uh, yeah, Rebecca mentioned Picard and Crusher. Do you have to? Do you even have to ask? Of course, of course. Uh, Troy and Ro- Riker says Michelle. Um, Ethan says Worf and Jadzia, or the Rikers, or Troys, or whichever you want, um, whichever way you want to do it. Libby uh, says uh, Ron and Lita. You know what about? Uh, well, I'll save it. Go proceed, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron and Lita is um, um, a very strong fan pick. Scott is uh, is back here with Troy and Riker, Worf and Dax. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh. We got a Discovery pick. Uh, Cover and Stamets. Um, of course, they have a wonderful relationship. Uh, Zaheer representing with uh, Team Rom and Lita or Worf and Dax. Um, you know, you, you mentioned relationships and pretty much... When it comes to romantic or friendship relationships, Deep Space Nine is hard to beat. Hard to beat. Um, oh, Zaheer's got a um, Shran and Talus. Um, I believe that's an Enterprise pick. Nice yeah, one. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you saw a, an Endorian couple for the first time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Dan, my favorite relationship so far is one in Lower Decks. Uh, ooh. I appreciate keeping it spoiler-free, Dan. Um Tasha Yar and Richard Castillo. Yes. 
Very nice. Good pick. Good pick from yesterday's Enterprise. Heidi I'm saying yes. There's say Stelios, not Stelios. Probably. Like, oh. You're probably right. I defer to you on all things related to canon. Um, Heidi says Kira and Odo um, because I very much because I felt very much with Odo. Yeah, we kind of we went on that journey together. And Scott here is uh, sharing your love of the Tellarites. Uh, <laughs> well, I I'm gonna say I was an Andorian Tellarites guy for you. I mean, I was I'm a Journey to Babel guy. Okay, and they got since we got so few aliens in the original series, all the early year, you know, that's why people glommed onto them when they had the founders of the Federation. You know, Franz Joseph started it in the Tech Manual, and then everybody picked up on it. But I'm like, what do you what do you have? You have humans, Vulcans, and Andorians right. and Tokens. Thank you, yeah. Journey to Babel. Otherwise, yeah. who else would there have been? Thank yeah. you, Journey to Babel. And then the Andorians got you saw them randomly in the movies, and yes. then they would do a Tellarite and then never admit that they did it because it didn't turn out well. So it would always be, <laughs> you know, the, court, the, the council well. scene and the uh, Kittimer scene. They're always like there, but it's always like, well, here's our attempt at a Tellarite, but we didn't, you know, the movie guys. And then, and then Andorians got Shran and Enterprise. So yeah. the Tellarite spell even, you know, so, but yes, I'm a big Andorian guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Libby is saying that, uh, Lower Decks, um, hooked me in the first few minutes. Garrick and Bashir. Um, uh, we're getting a lot of love for Garrick and Bashir, uh, both Zahir and Rebecca mentioning it. Um, the actor who played Garrick, um, what was his, what's his name, Larry? Edson. Yes. So he Edson. sort of, he, he yes. mentioned the way he played Garrick is always that, um, he was in love with Bashir. Which I think if you rewatch DS9, it makes total sense. You can absolutely Way see that. Way too much eye twinkle going on for that. Oh, the Trekkie girls mentioned one of our favorites, Picard and Vash. Yes. Sorry, Rebecca. I think this made their first visit with us, but maybe I'm mistaken. Yay. Oh, and Zaheer is representing one of the relationships you mentioned in our pre-show. Okay. War- so see, I started. That's what I started to say a minute ago. Like, don't overlook Worf and Kalar. But yes. Tim, Tim doing a throwback to our Star Trek Enterprise episode with Picard and Anish. Um, <laughs> good pick there. I think she complimented him well. I, uh, did we do Insurrection? I don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> that's very funny, Larry. Very funny. Uh, yeah. Libby is back with Quark and his Klingon wife. Um, oh, I think we were talking about the House of Quark episode last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Decker and Leah. Um, I believe it's Leah. I, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, from Star Trek The Motion Picture. Um, can we also say Spock and the consciousness of V'ger? Is that a relationship we could all vote for as well from that Well, movie? you just did. I just did. So there we go. Um, more love for Picard and Vash. Uh, Vash. Um, Vash. Tasha Yar and Data. Mm-hmm. I thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Tim with Porthos and Spot. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's just no room for that on Life Support Live. Tim, that just doesn't work in terms of the timeline. Um, <laughs> unless Porthos has some type of transportation device. I just, I just don't see it. Um, Chris, I'm gonna put this on screen. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of, uh, the Janeway Chicote, uh, Chicote. You're not um, a Jake Sheer? Shipping. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, Janeway and Paris with a wet warp tent. 
Talk about an amphibious landing. Okay. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I waited my whole childhood to see someone go warp 10, and all I got were those two amphibians. Uh, <laughs> baby amphibians. Yeah. <laughs> I had more love for the baby salamanders. Um, wow, there are so many miles in Keiko um, from um, another uh, pick from Zahir. Um, speaking of the marriage of two cultures, absolutely. Um, we're getting some love for Tapal and Trip. Um, we'll talk more about them in a moment. Um, and when Tim is calling you out, Stelios, Larry. Just, just so you know, Stelios, when you say thank you, Doctor. It doesn't do any good. Are you talking about the real one? Or are you talking about That's the Star Trek That's what I mean. One? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay. We don't know. Well, small D, so it must have been the fake doctor, I guess. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Rebecca with Team Lizard Babies. Um, there are a lot of relationships uh, in Star Trek, as we have d- identified here. Oh, and Chakotay and Seven. Um, we're not getting a lot of love her seven and that person she ends up killing. Um, I can't even remember her name. That relationship. Um, oh, Chazel. Yeah, but maybe we have a new relationship with seven that we'll see in season two of Picard sometime in the far future when they're able to film that again. Okay, Larry, let me back up. There's a lot we can talk about Star Trek, but okay. this show is about helping you to boldly go in your own lives. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about relationships today is there are two very major challenges for anyone who's interested in um, in having a relationship and starting a relationship in cultivating their relationship right now. Um, I think you and I are both in the camp of we are in relationships. We have been stuck at home with our partners, and it's very... It poses a lot of challenges to be spending this much time together. Then there are those who might not be living together, but maybe want to cultivate a relationship. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do that in a pandemic. And those, then there are those who might want to form a relationship. And it's quite hard to do that in a pandemic. So I just wanted to check in with you. And there are those who may want to end their relationship, yes. but they're stuck together. Yes. And they, yes. And they're yes. like in perpetual whatever. Yes. And we thought Star Trek might be able to teach us something about that. Because having a relationship, forming a relationship on a starship when you are away and can't easily get away <laughs> from other people and the, the limited choices and opportunities, we thought there would be something we could learn from this. So, Larry, I just want to check in with you. How you doing? How's your relationship going? You doing okay? <laughs> we're we're doing okay. Actually, my wife was terrified when she had to work at home. She'd said forever that if she ever had to work at home, she might just quit something. Mm. And I had always said, no, no, no. If you, I mean, because I obviously have worked at home since uh, 1993, with a couple of exceptions along the original Star Trek.com. Uh, part time, but yeah, I've basically been at home for, you know, ages and, um, it's gone actually really well. We got her settled in. Um, she'd never worked at home for anything and, and it's actually worked well. And I think we had a discussion about this a couple of weeks ago that was interesting, but I think, uh, we're actually closer than we were. So I keep telling people mm. we haven't killed each other. We've been at home for five months. <laughs> we're still, we're both still alive is what I've said. So 
So, What's yeah, your secret? I, I really feel for, I mean, you know, but we're lucky. We also don't have the outlying things, which aren't part of our topic today, but my son and daughter-in-law and my little granddaughter, yeah. she's uh, three and yeah. four and go, you know, and, uh, but if you're, if you're there and have kids yeah. and multiple yeah. kids and you're dealing with them, plus dealing with the stresses of the whole going oh, back to my school, gosh. Right? which yes. shouldn't be a debate, but that's a debate for another <sighs> time. Yes. Um, you know, or if you've got older parents and you're caretaking and yeah. they don't, they're, you know, if you're stuck in the middle and you've got the worst of both worlds, you've got kids and parents that you're, you know, all those kinds of things. And that can stress your romantic relate. Look, I can point at the frame too. Uh, <laughs> the worst of worth, both worlds, that is definitely the rejected title of the Star Trek Next Generation cliffhanger. Yeah, no, I, I feel like you were. Overall, a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, let us know in the comments section where yeah. you all are. Um, if you are in a relationship or interested in one, how's that going for you? And if you're not, how's that going for you? Let us know. Um, I feel both closer to oh, my what? wife. One yes. more. Yeah. One more. The people who had just started a relationship. Yes. Yeah, and then didn't get to you know, is it still hanging at square two, or yeah. did it go away, evaporate, and oh well, we'll we might find out later, we might not. Those I, I almost feel the sorriest for those folks, in a yeah. way. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're um, no, um, uh, that's a very good point. Um, two of my closest friends are in that situation where they started dating someone about a month or two before the pandemic started. And they're very fortunate. It's um, it proved to be a good match, and they're doing well. Um, they're probably closer now as a result of this. But I I know plenty of people where it went in a very different direction. Um, for us, I think it has um, emphasized some of the biggest strengths we have in our relationship. It has also emphasized some of the greatest weaknesses we have. So I think we're just experiencing a lot more extremes. Imagine we, how that amazing how that works. Right, right. We've had to get very good at. So we do have a have a small child at home. I have a um, three year old daughter, and we've had to get very good at coordinating and communicating, and um, not making assumptions about what our expectations are that each other person is going to be doing. And um, I, I'd say in that area, our communication has been very good. And um, the times when we've been most stressed in our relationship, it's because that communication is broken down. But the thing that's contributed to that breaking down is work-related stress. Right. Um, my wife works at home, and she's working very, very hard right now. And I see it. That's one of the main differences, I think, between now and before is it was easier for her to leave her work at work and be at home at home before all of this. And now I am seeing that the work stress spills over to our home, our relationship. It's hard to have that separation because I'm also working from home. And I can't just go work from a coffee shop and have a little bit more separation, you know. So um, as the rest of our lives are stressed, that leaks into our relationship and that's where some of the biggest challenges takes for us come up. Here. It yes. takes its toll, yeah. And I think that that is kind of a parallel for serving on a starship. You know, it doesn't matter if you're on a date, if things go to red alert and you are, you know, 
yeah. uh, on a date in uh, in the ship's lounge. Right in the middle of the squash. Dis- wasn't it squash? Oh, was squash. it squash? <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, oh, hmm. Now I don't know what you're talking about, but that's okay. They were Our audience probably doesn't either. <laughs> there was some sport they figured. Now I can't remember. Maybe I shouldn't have gone there. They were talking about some sport they both like to play. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, yes. And Rebecca mentioned something that's really important here, too. Um, I miss my friends so much. I love my husband, so, but sometimes you need your girlfriends. And I, I, I very much agree with you, Rebecca. My girlfriends sometimes, too. I, I... <laughs> sometimes you need time away from the person you love so that you miss them. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since I missed my wife. Getting because this. we always see each other now. Um, we, we always very much see each other and, um, it's, it's very hard to navigate that. Um, so let's, let's talk about these relationships, um, in Star Trek, Larry. Um, what, what, what do we see? There's so many for us to pull from, which, which one should we tackle first? Why don't we, I mean, again, not spoil, why don't we start with Lower Decks? Let's start with Lower Decks. Yeah. This is not a spoiler. We were not going to be spoilerific. Yeah. Um, there, but there was an interesting scene that's been alluded to in the promos and trailers. And I know yeah. a lot of you, I know, I know, I know a lot of you haven't even seen the promos and trailers on the up and up. And a lot of you have, and we're not going to talk about it. That's all fine. <laughs> what you do in the privacy of your own screening room is your business. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was a really cute, organic, in fact, it was one of my favorite part. well... That's not being fair. There were a lot of bits. And it's a pilot, so you're getting thrown everything at first. But that was one of the most organic, cutie. You know they're sitting down in the room and go, okay, here's the 4,700 things I've always wanted to see done in Star Trek that were a little goofy or even not pushing the goofy envelope or the whatever envelope at all. And that was, you know, dating and relationships and... um and all of that, and that, that that's Rutherford, who is one of the regulars, and uh, and Ensign Barnes, who is a trill. And I, the first one of the first things I thought was Barnes is a trill name. Hmm. Okay. But um, but that was a very cute bit where they they had a mutual magnetic attraction, and they're ta- having their first date there in their lounge. It's not ten forward, but in their lounge, and this zombie fight breaks out. Um. Not too many spoilers, and uh, but they ma- they they main- they're so magnetically attracted to each other. They may it's it's played to comic effect, and it's heightened because it's animation. But it's really cute the way they you know now eventually they team up and they go they plunge into what is uh, generic broad brush. Okay, very generic. Things happen. Things happen, and they adapted. Them. To- going on around them after being so sucked into each other that they didn't notice what was going on around them. Yeah. Which was, yeah, that's yeah. why it was cute and endearing. And yeah. I don't know, do we talk about the end game of it or do we not spoil that? Uh, no. I don't think we talk about the end game. That okay. would be, that would they be just definitely... ignore those last couple of images, I say. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> I'm just laughing here. Susan says relationship. I think I vaguely remember that. Um, uh, there's, uh, it's, it's often hard to both, uh, boldly go forward and also, um, speak to all the wonderful comments that are happening here. But yeah, I want to, um, you mentioned Lower Decks and I think it's, it's, uh, Lower Decks showed us a really great example of two people trying to connect. 
and trying to connect connect among all the chaos that's happening around them, which I think is true for a lot of people who are trying to form a new connection right now. Zahir mentioned the um, Pen Pals, the episode where Data was trying to forge a connection from great distance. And I think uh, there are a lot of folks who, especially if you're feeling lonely or isolated, are trying to form a connection with others. I think Lower, uh, not Lower Decks Live, that's not the name of our show. It's Life Support Live. Interesting uh, concept, yeah, they yeah, like, yeah. They feel like Starfleet's big brother. Ooh, new series. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but okay. Um, Excuse with, me, I'm going to call Alex Kurtzman. Hold on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, they only take uh, show, um, show pitches over text now, Larry. Uh, no phone oh. calls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so you, uh, that's something you and I are trying to do here is form more connection in this community, help each other through. But, um, Lower Decks kind of showed us how, um, how hard it is. Um, and that even when things are at red alert, we still want connection. Um, even if you are highly extroverted or highly introverted. We all want some connection with each other and some support, whether it's romantic or platonic. We all, we all want intimacy in our own way. And I don't mean physical or sexual intimacy. I mean connection, like a, like an understanding with other people. We all want that in our own way. Now, how much we want, how we want it, that varies, but we, we all want that. Um, Larry, this goes back to the beginning of Star Trek. We saw... By, by the beginning of Star Trek, do you mean the fact that we've actually been in the briefing room here for a good while? We've been in the briefing room for a very long time. Um, we, we haven't even... We did the door, but I just thought everybody... If anybody's new to the show, you obviously can see <laughs> that you can chat in anytime. We're picking it up as we go along, but at the end of this show, we'll have Haley frequencies open and we'll, we'll go all out. Yeah. And even then, you can as you see over there, Skype in and talk with us yes. live on camera if you want to, Life Support Host Live. Otherwise, until then, whatever platform you're on, you can chat in. Hopefully, you're seeing the other chat comments. And uh, yes, we move along here from the briefing room in the beginning, uh, our, our Trek background, and then Dr. Ali's going to hit his counselor's log. We'll talk about real-world mental health from that end, looking at Star Trek, and then um, and then the away mission for you to take away in daily life and along the way i'll throw out a k3 factor what is that you ask if you're a newbie to the show stay tuned all right Doctor, back to you. i realize we hadn't set up any of our new folk no uh, we have not um because we... and i don't want to forget our new folks yay yay thanks everybody for who's with us for the first time yeah, yeah. looking at you trekkie girls thank you for dropping in um so i uh, uh, just want to go through some of these um some of these yeah. big relationships um we we saw such a great temporary momentarily con a connection um mm -hmm. in star trek the original series and um i'm going to talk about that a well i can talk about that now i guess it doesn't have to wait to the counselor's log um we see a spark between two characters and sometimes you you just you can't yes across centuries sometimes you can't quite predict what it is that you find attractive in another person. Um, I think we see a lot of examples where Kirk can't quite 
control or predict that at all across the original series and and the films. Um, can, but we, can, I, can I just say though, please? And maybe it's viewed through a '60s lens, but a lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, criticism that Kirk gets about about himself and his women, his female relationships, a lot of that's done in the strategic what's felt to be the strategic need of the moment. And if you really look at Kirk and his relationships, there's really only about his real ones. There's only two or three. And I know yeah, that's Star- true. That's Star Trek true. continues use those two or three main ones in one episode because they were all a throwback to his, you know, doomed and unfinished, you know, Miramani. Uh, Edith is, I think, the major one, and that's the one that's drawn fans. It's part of the reason yeah. why I've seen on Asia Forever is the greatest original series episode. Most people would say is the greatest episode of, Star- of the original series, even though it's an atypical. Yeah. Atypical. Yeah. But yes. Well, but you, just, um, just you heard for Kirk there. As, as the PC wins and the Me Too movement and everything have swept across the landscape, just, just say it. Okay. That he didn't have that many relationships. Yeah, no, I know. Um, there, what and I think is, yeah, at the end. Yeah, what I think is, um, is great with Edith is, uh, you, you so see the chemistry between the two of them there. And one of the things I was going to mention in the counselor's log, but I'll, I'll mention it here is, yeah, there are some things that, um, that people agree on is attractive. And then there are like across cultures. And then there's a lot of stuff that's culturally bound that, is uh, signs of beauty are unique to specific cultures. All that being said, you can't ever really predict if two people find each other attractive. Mm-hmm. It's it's you can't engineer it. Um, so many companies have tried. So many people have tried to bottle it up, and you can't quite predict it. There are some things you can oh, do. Sweet mystery of life that last I found. <laughs> yeah. And there is your first song of the show. Um, so um, we'll talk about some things you can do to probably enhance it, but it's it's quite hard to predict. Um, moving forward in timeline, um, we also see uh, Trip and T'Pol. Um, now, this is a relationship that I think neither of them quite predicted. It's also a relationship none of the fans quite predicted. Uh, but... Yeah. So, something I want, I was going to mention this again in the counselor's log, but I, I think it fits here. Um, the more familiar someone becomes, the more you like them. So quite literally, the more you see someone, the more you like them, the more frequently you see them, the more types of situations you see them in, our guard goes down and familiarity is something that um that can breed a t- attraction and i think trip and topal are a good example of that they're sort of forced to spend time together by flocks i think who prescribes the vulcan massage technique neuro pressure neuro pressure right yeah um hey it's which, better than flexing oh my god don't get me started on plexing you know you know plexing i'm gonna have to plex right now because plexing makes you so stressed <laughs> but familiarity is something that can increase attraction and we see that with uh with trip and paul um well so scott says trip and paul would be backwards in the timeline kirk and edith happened in the 20th century 
Um, Trip and Paul happened in um, uh, uh, about 150 years from now. So, uh, yeah. so there you go, Scott. Ha ha! Timeline. Um, Define your terms, everybody. <laughs> um, moving in more forward in the timeline, we have Star Trek Discovery, and we have um, Ash. Anybody see Discovery? Just okay. Just checking. Me? No. Yeah. I, yes, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know quite what to say about this relationship, but I um, something that sticks out to me about the two of them is um, they're both in some ways outsiders on the Discovery, and they're both in some ways don't quite feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe part of their attraction came from... Um, their, their mutual... Um... Yes. Otherness or their mutual yes. outsiderness. Yes. Right. Yeah. Maybe that was something that really helped them um, to connect. Um, other than that, I'm not quite sure what to say about that one, Larry, because boy, does stuff go in a lot of different directions. Um, yeah. With Ash. <laughs> well, apparently now he's on the Section 31 show. Is that correct? Oh, well, that's not what you meant, but okay. Well, yeah, then there's, uh, then there's all of that. Um, there's a lot that we could pull from Star Trek The Next Generation, but one of the things we wanted to talk about is this episode right over here. Hey, everybody. Yeah, when we have ha- relationship and romance, we don't mean it has to be like multi, you know, episode. This was, yeah. I love this because this was like the one time it was like a, here's an experiment in relation. Here's a, you know, in, as only data can do it, let's conduct an experiment. And that was the charm of that episode. Um, it was, I think what's also quite interesting here is, um, uh, some people in the, in the autism spectrum community talk about how aspects of data struggle can mm-hmm. be a good example of what it's like to be on the autism spectrum while you are living in a world that's biased towards neurotypical people, um, mm-hmm. People on the autism spectrum see things in a more visual and logical sense. And people who aren't on the autism spectrum tend to highly value verbal social situations. And I think one of the things that's interesting about this episode, uh, what's this episode called again, Larry? In theory. In theory, right. We see Data trying to figure out, and we see this other officer. Do you remember her name, Dr. Trey? Jenna DeSora. Desora, yes. you see Desora, um, Jenna. If you knew her family, yeah, yeah, they're they're trying to connect, but approaching each other in very different ways. So I, I think it's it's a good parallel to what it can mean to try to date when um, when your brains might be wired a little bit differently. In Data's case, quite literally wired right. differently. But this happens in um, in real life all the time, where there's a lot of neurodiversity. People approach relationships from very different perspectives, and sometimes it can be difficult to um, to overcome that gap. I've seen it work in a lot of situations. I've also seen it be difficult for a lot of people. So I think that's a good example of that. Yeah. Well, no, you know, we're dancing around the old what we, I guess, in folk call folklore call uh, you know opposites attract and boy you couldn't have much more opposite attracting than those two that we just yeah. talked about Ada and Jenna 
but it, you know, it, they were together in a social setting in Spark. We were talking about when something sparks, like it did with Barnes and Rutherford there in Lower Decks, still getting used to saying, say the words, Larry. Lower Decks. <laughs> I called Rutherford Cordero like five or six times last week on another podcast, and I finally realized that's the actor's, I was saying the actor's name because it stuck in my head. It was more memorable than Rutherford was, but uh, I, when I think of Rutherford, I think of like uh, uh, the character and his dad on Leave It to Beaver, but that's also good. Oh, wow. That is a deep cut. Deep but, cut. You know, daily reruns, you know, cheap <laughs> daily reruns on whatever. Anyway, um, that whole thing about us, there's a spark and people follow up the spark and sometimes that's all there is, is a spark and yeah. there's nothing to sustain it under that. But that's what... Hopefully that's what dating and you know relationshiping is all about. But yeah, so uh, I want to speak to that. Um, I, I, very realistic data. There. I guess I'm, I'm bringing a lot of my counselor's log material here into the briefing room. Um, maybe we're just merging the two, like a saucer section and a battle section, or just kind of bringing them together to, on today's episode. But um, it's a hard connect. Okay, <laughs> it's a hard connect. Yeah. Um, let me get out of my battle bridge really quick and come up to the very. Um, the, upper decks bridge. The, the upper decks, um, um, Hilton, uh, conference room bridge that you have up here in the saucer section. Oh, look, it's coffee on the walls. <laughs> oh, man, um, carpet on the walls. Uh, nothing says the 80s like, um, the next generation bridge. But, um, Opposites attract, all that stuff. We, we've heard those kind of things, and I just mentioned similarity. Um, the more, uh, or the familiarity, the more familiar someone is, the more attractive you'll find them. It seems like the most important thing. Um, it, it's not necessarily about being opposite or very similar, but having shared values. That seems to be very important in relationships. All your values don't need to intersect. But you do need to approach some core things from a similar perspective. That is something that seems to be um, very healthy in relationships. You can have a relationship where the values um, conflict, but then you have to get very, very, very good at conflict negotiation. You have to be really, really skilled at that. Um, having shared values seems to really help people stay in a relationship for a long term. Um, and so you can have shared values, but come from very different species, like we see in Star Trek. And we see that um, throughout many of these series. We see that with our, going on to our next series with Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, we have mm -hmm. these two individuals who, um, Kira, there was a lot of good relationships to pull from. But I think Odo is, is a fan favorite because we see the progression in the relationship, we see the change in both of those individuals over time. And I love seeing that relationship see, develop. I don't, I don't play in the shipper world uh, yeah. very often. I also don't play in the world of fans who enjoy the relationships of the shows. I just, I just hate that term shipper. I always think of big <laughs> wooden crates sitting on docks. But anyway, mm. that's just old fashioned me. But yes. no, I, I would love to talk to a Kira fan and like do a poll and say, okay, who prefers Kira Shakar? <laughs> who prefers Kira Burial? You know, or she probably had one or two more one-offs. I'm not even thinking about. You know, it's like it's all it's Kira Odo, all right. I just I just wonder if there are any like Kira Shakar. I mean, I'm I, sure there. I Kira liked. Kira I liked all of her relationships. To be honest with you. 
I mean, obviously, Odo's probably my favorite, but um, I don't know if it's... Odo Loxana! Okay. Uh, Loxana. Yeah, I, re- I love how Scott's husband, I believe, said um, um, Loxana Troy and everyone was his favorite relationship. <laughs> I love that. Um, Scott, give your husband a big old uh, LLAP for us. Um a fine romance. And, um, <laughs> this is yeah. But um, there's, I, I loved all of our relationships, and it might be a testament to what an amazing, um, what amazing actors we had in in all mm. of those relationships. But um, again, Larry, I have a very hard time just pulling one relationship. As Zahir just said, um, Cisco and Cassidy. Speaking of overlapping and diverging core values. Cisco wanting to protect Cassidy, Cassidy not wanting to hang out in a club, uh, or Cisco not wanting to hang up in a club in 1960s Vegas. We, that's a great example to hear of how some of their values, uh, were, were connected and somehow they very much conflicted, um, and their career paths and how that conflicted with their values. And we see that play out here. We also see that with O'Brien and, and Keiko. Um, I, I think the, Keiko, to some degree, sacrificing her career to serve, to be on DS9 for O'Brien's career, and then how she was trying to figure out a way that I can still keep my career going, where she tried as a school teacher, that didn't really work. I was my self worth going. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, pursuing, um, was, uh, was she a botanist or anthropologist? She um, was a botanist. Botanist, yeah. And then pursuing that on, on Bejor, um, we see them struggling to support each other and still be pretty consistent to their values and what made them fall in love with each other. Um, it's sometimes when you really love someone, you help them become someone who's different than the person you fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we see that with Keiko and uh, with O'Brien. Um, and I think that's that's really it's it's lovely. And, yeah. Then throw in the parenting thing, including a sur- an accidental, yes. unintended surrogate parency. Parency? Right. Did I just say that? Uh, no. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, well, uh, I guess speaking of parents, but even though it's we don't quite, well, we kind of see it. Um, that kind of brings us to Star Trek Voyager as well. And um, speaking of different values, uh, Bellana, Bellana, and Tom Paris. Um, there's another case of your outsiders attract. Yes, yes. And um, this is where, um, again, saucer section, battle section fully in sync. I'm just bringing all my counselors log material. That's here. a case of that's a case of we had a we had did not have a hard connect dock the first three or four times. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, with, with too much damage that we couldn't go ahead and it wasn't like uh, yeah, it wasn't like Nemesis where we rammed. <laughs> like a ram than a dock, but eventually they got <laughs> eventually they they connected. And the thing about um, that sticks out to me about Torres and Paris is um, excitement. So something that enhances your attraction to another person is if your heart is beating quickly, if you're breathing quickly. If you're sweating, if like, if your body is excited, if your body is, um, is, um, active and you're around someone else, um, 
that you in any way find attractive, you find them more attractive. So this is why uh, some popular dates include going to a theme park, um, watching a scary movie, doing something you've never done before, because those things kind of boost up your attraction, um, boost up how excited your body is and, and will increase how, how much you find that other person excited or um, the other person uh, attractive. This is why a lot of reality TV shows, Larry, they have their contestants do really outrageous things like go on these wild helicopter rides or bungee jump. Um, oh, I thought it was for ratings. Oh, okay. Well, it's for ratings too, but it does boost how, um, how excited and how nervous your body is, which then will increase how much you find the other person attractive. This gets me to one of the challenges we have as I start to refill my, okay. uh, well, I, I had a point I was going to throw. We've please. been talking about what you're on right now. We've been talking about this, uh, you know, the magnetic attraction, the adrenaline, yes, the body functions, you know, responding and you didn't even realize it. And I think we've been taking it in a, in a more, in a, I started to say pacified, in a, in a more normal situation, you know, environment. But that's also what happens for people, most notably, I mean, in, in real life, in our existence, but in Starfleet too, in combat, people who are in a crisis situation, a tornado, a hurricane, an earthquake, a pandemic is a slow motion crisis, but yeah. people who find themselves together under duress and they have their adrenaline surge, they have their, you know, responding to a crisis together and they didn't even know each other, really, or maybe they saw each other every day yeah. and passed in the elevator and all that. And that's a little bit what I think maybe gave an artificial boost to Rutherford and Barnes. Sounds like yeah. a new law firm. Uh, <laughs> and Barnes in lower decks because they got, because the varies, they got caught in the zombie fight and then wound up on the hall. Oh, spoilers. Um, they had several events happen that like even maybe artificially pumped up their attraction to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? But that happens. It, it makes total sense. It, uh, you are 100% correct. Yeah. 100, and this happens for romantic relationships. This also happens for uh, platonic relationships and well, friendships. Right. Um, right. 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 going through, yes, going through very difficult experiences with someone else does enhance your connection, your, the, the intimacy that we're talking about. And again, I don't mean physical and, and, um, sexual intimacy, I mean emotional intimacy, feeling a real connection with the other person. It's always enhanced by going through difficult experiences together. I think in some ways, Larry, I, I feel, I mean, part of it is because we spend now hours with each other every week. But um, I think our friendship has massively um, increased as a result of all the stuff we have gone through bringing the show to life and going through the process. Um, and um, there, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably feel closer to other people because we're going through um, aspects of this, this crisis together. So I completely agree with you. And um, getting back to Bellana and Torres. Glad you feel that way, Ali. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> one of these days we'll hang out in person again together. Um, again. And I look forward to that. Um but um, I think with Torres and, and Paris, we see some aspects of, the, of that, that they both go through this crisis together. And I think they have a lot of fun together as well. 
That's something I like about Torres and Perez. We see them have a lot of fun together. We see aspects of that excitement together. And this is, I think, one of the biggest challenges that we have in our relationships right now, Larry. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to do new things together with other people. If you're virtual dating or online dating and you can't quite be in the same Zoom. room with someone, if you're Zoomed in, yeah. Or if you're um, in a relationship and kind of stuck at home, it's hard to do the kind of things that will boost up that excitement in your body because mo- there's less opportunities. Most of us are more stuck at home and we might be s- struggling with the energy and excitement to even get out and go to those places. It's quite hard to do all that sort of stuff. Ration your outdoors. Yeah. Well, we said we've come full circle here back to that's, I, you know, it's almost like if you're, if you're locked in pandemic and you're in lockdown, more or less, uh, it's, it gets back to that. If it did that, which didn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. I mean, some of these relationships are, are going to fray and some of them are together because they have to be together. And some of that's just the economy and it's an economy that's, that's under siege from the pandemic, especially. And some people may not want to be together, but they're, they're literally stuck. They could get up and yes. leave. They could wear their mask and leave and go away, but they're financially, uh, stuck and isolated or marooned together. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, but, but for a lot of people, it's actually, they've, they've survived the headbanging, more or less, and become stronger in yeah. some way. So. Yeah. I, um, I. But our I, Star, Starfleet metaphor here, we were starting with lower decks, but all these, and it seems like the places that, you know, the Enterprise is a thousand, twelve hundred people, and they come and go and die, the D. Yes. Uh, the E is more or less that way, and, and Deep Space Nine, and the Defiant, but Deep Space Nine is not so much a closed environment except for wartime, but uh, Voyager is obviously a very close, a little tin yes. can. Yes, right? A hundred Voyager, and something people, right, on Voyager? Like, right. Uh, it, the NX-01, Archer's Enterprise, feels like a little tin. It's the only ship yes. of its kind. They're the only ones doing Warp 5 exploring. So some of these environments are especially akin to our, our pandemic metaphor, it seems like. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I want to answer a quick question from Heidi. Is there an explanation why some sources say people want more sex during the corona um, coronavirus mm. pandemic? And so one quick answer to that, Heidi, is just to remember that um, physical forms of intimacy, as the Borg Queen said, um, there's a lot of reasons why people engage in it. Um, for some people, it's about connection. For some people, it's about release from stress. For some people, it's about pleasure um there's um there's a lot of reasons why people do engage in sexual relations and um there can be very different reasons why two people might want to do that might want more of that and for some people they might want less of that um again some people might be struggling with with their mood they might be feeling down or feeling anxious which can very much reduce your sex drive and some people might be wanting more connection or more of a release and their sex drive might be higher. So it really depends on the person. Uh, it gets back to itic, um, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. There's a lot of reasons why people might be having this. I have one more relationship on our timeline here. Um, and Scott, yeah. I assure you we've been consistent with our timeline is, um, is this relationship right over here from and I'm, Star Trek? I'm hearing Picard. the audience out there kind of going, uh, maybe. Yeah, I was not a 
fan of this relationship. Wait, Number one, I didn't name? buy it. What's her name? Suji and the Robulid guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, we only met them in lockdown. It's not fair. We've only uh, did I get Suji right? Soji. Soji. Yes. Okay. For her eventual twin that we learn more of besides, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, not a fan of this relationship. Narek. Yeah, Narek. Um, he feels like a Narek to me. <laughs> um, there's one more relationship um, that we could talk about, which is Uhura and Spock in the Kelvin timeline. Um, that's why I've kind of saved that for the end because that's a whole different timeline and we could get into the mirror universe as well. There's a few oh, there's, relationships there's, there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we might be lost for a while. The rare thing in Star Trek and part of this is whether it's the sixties or the teens, part of what drives this is the story dimension and the episodic television or the serialized television. And it's all about arcs, you know, I mean, it's a different thing each time, but. The rare thing in Star Trek is the, as people have pointed out, what was so rare about when Miles and Keiko got married. It was like, oh my God, a married couple in Star Trek, even though there were families with kids on the D we saw. Yeah. And obviously every time, you know, Kirk or anyone would say, oh, my dad was in Starfleet or my mom was, you know, it was obviously there was a relationship there that yielded them somehow. But to see them depicted as week to week characters, Keiko, I mean, and we'd had relationships, Worf and, as someone said, Kalar before Dax. And Martok. We got a lot of love for Martok. Um, oh, yes. And, and Sorella? Oh, yeah. my God. I can't yes. believe I'm for Sorella. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And talk about the she's home while he's off fighting the wars. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? Uh, Odysseus and, and um, I was just watching that the other day. Uh, she was home. Not Helen. That's Helen of Troy. Anyway, Odysseus' wife. Uh, yeah, Ulysses. Larry, you are going for the deep cuts today, <laughs> and I'm drowning. So I better watch. Uh, but no, I mean, what we're saying is we're talking about romance and relationships, and we tend to be focusing on the front end, the startup. We were kind of inspired by Barnes and Rutherford. There we go, Rutherford and Barnes, Barnes and Rutherford, Rutherford and Barnes. All yeah. the greatest hits from vaudeville. Um, <laughs> but we, inspired by them, we've kind of leaned toward relationships and, their, and romance in the earlier days. We've talked a lot about marriage and long-term relationships and yes. all that we have. But I'm just saying in the pantheon of Star Trek, we've got so many examples to look at. We've got very few. Oh, oh has somebody said in the chat, has anybody said it's, it's a very big, talk about the very beginning of one, uh, um, uh, Seven and uh, Rafi. No, no, we haven't yet, and um, and I can see that one working out. Um, I'd like to see how that one develops in season two. Troubled outsiders with the yes. trouble of finding a oasis yeah. with each other. Yeah, I, I think they they probably share a lot of values with each other. Getting back to the the idea of how important values are in a relationship and finding some shared values, I think that they both share that. I also think they're both going to have a lot of opportunities. For new experiences that are going to fire up their heart rates and enhance their attraction, just serving on that ship and going wherever that ship's going to go, I think. Interesting my, things my are going to happen. Point, yeah. My original point was trying to be that we're talking about relationships. We've kind of made an emphasis here on the front end of the relationship, the early stages, the romance. But we've talked about long term. 
what was unique about Star Trek for a long time was the criticism that we didn't see long-term stable you know, relationships and even families and parenting and all that, which is a whole different realm, but it's that end of the spectrum. And as time has gone by, we have seen more longer term relationships. Yeah, we, we have. And um, two things I want to mention here. So uh, Rebecca is definitely right about um, Soji and Nurek were terrible. He com- completely manipulated her. Yeah. He was abusive. Absolutely. Um, that is not... Um, that's not the first time we've seen that kind of relationship in Star Trek, even long term. Yeah, yeah, no, true. And um, one more thing, um, with all this mention of Journey to Babel, um, Scott says, I can't believe I haven't mentioned Sarek and Amanda. Um, I, yes. I can't even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they fascinate me. Um, I, I find their relationship so fascinating. Um, they obviously do share values with each other but gosh i would really love to understand how that courtship happened how did these two individuals come together what were the circumstances that let them fall in love it's hinted at they um in in many different iterations of star trek we have seen um mention of of what it is that brought them together but gosh i would have loved to have seen how that happens maybe there's there's a novel or a comic book or something. Radical idea for this morning? Yeah. The, the best part of Discovery Season 1, the best takeaway from Discovery Season 1, was what you learned about Sarek and Amanda. Which is, remind me. Well, just more dimension to be, what mm. you were just saying. Mm-hmm. How does human and this Vulcan come together? Yeah. He's just a weird, quirky guy who's not your typical <laughs> Vulcan. And this is, you seeing them when they're younger, they're adopting they're yeah. taking a human foster girl. Yeah. And then, you know, later on they don't talk about her because, you know, whatever. But he, you know, and somewhere along the way, um, oh, hello, Immortal Trechnik, another, an, another new face, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I have just gone blank on, oh, shoot me. I pulled, I pulled Sorella out of my, um, temporal <laughs> lobe, but I didn't, um, Spock's, Cybok, Cybok, yay, yeah. Larry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, You've got a yeah, half. Yeah, of, yeah, they have a lot. There's a lot going on in that family. Some uh, one week we'll have family dynamics as our topic, and yeah. we'll load there. But still, obscuring information seems to be a core value that Amanda and Sarek share together. Um, Lara, core value of Vulcans. Period. I just want to say that. But anyway, uh, um, Larry. Speaking of obscured information, let's dive into the K3 factor. This is where you um, bring to life information that might be obscured. These are uh, are deep cuts that some of us might not be aware of. Um, What do you have for us today on the K3 factor? Yeah, this is where in K3, of course, is like the only uh, mention of mental health in original series there on the indicator on the biobed panel. But um, yeah, here's a deep cut right out of Trekland like we like to do. So we already talked about in all these relationships uh, the the uh, bittersweet, sad, doomed relationship of Kirk and Edith, right, across yes. the century. Okay. So we we've got we had the one picture of them on their date. Yep. Uh, they're going to the movies. I've yep. got another picture there of them on a date, which Wait, is let me let me pull that up. That's this one right here. Reason. That's the first one. Yeah. There we go. Very adorable photo of the two of them. 
It is. It is. It is. It was adorable when they had a reunion a few years ago at Vegas. Now, there's this, now if you go on to the next one, it's a little bit earlier in that walk where they're walking down the street in supposedly 1930 New York City. This one? No, you just no. kind of went to the punchline. No. Oh, no. I don't think I have that other one, Larry. I might not have downloaded it from you. Okay. Let me go get it. You talk, and I'll go get it. Okay. Well, live live streaming, folks. <laughs> it's happening. Hey, the stream, but the, we've been in sync today, right? We have been in sync. Yeah. Uh, at least practically. I don't know how much psychologically, but we're... <laughs> I didn't see too much in the chat about being way out of whack. No, so, in fact, we so, got to mention that we are, are well in sync. Um, so that's it's that makes me happy. Now if we could just get our tech together. Yeah, oh, it's coming. I'm teching the tech right now. I just had to inverse the the Polaron field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the and then boom, I got it. There we go. Earlier in their date, if you're a sharp-eyed fan and if you are aware of what was going on in pop culture in the 60s, you might have seen this shocking moment where, no, are they really walking down the street in Manhattan in 1930? Or are they really in Mayberry, North Carolina? Walking along by Andy Griffith's uh, courthouse there by Floyd's Barbershop. Yes. Which, which brings us back to Blows the Fourth Wall. There you go. The same place where they were just walking. Andy Griffith's show, Floyd the Barber. Uh, that was their exterior set, which was awesome. A lot of people that see that just blows mine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, backstage. So, That's the next wild. one. Uh, we'll just kind of explain. Wait, I just need to see these. Let me see if I can, if I can do a side by side here. Cause that is, uh, a little wow and weird and wacky. Did did I did I not know this. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Um, that's not Floyd, by the way. He had his stroke by then. Howard McNair, but anyway. <laughs> this, is, this is wild. Uh, is that the right theme song, Larry? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Well, for Andy Griffith, not for Star Trek. Right, right. Okay, next image. Which one is that, Larry? There's a map. Ah, let me get you the map. I got the map. Inverse those polyon fields again. There we go. So this is the so so obviously this was Desi Lu shooting Star Trek and Desi Lu isn't the marquee producer of the Andy Griffith show but it was the lot where they shot and this is the forty acres lot and if you look I don't have a pointer but if you look um, the court right here in the middle it says uh, Mayberry area right here see yeah and the courthouse right about where the about a fifth of the way from the end of the yellow line on the bottom, that's basically the Andy Griffith Courthouse. And anyway, that's the wall of exterior sets. If you look around, the Stalag 13 camp from Hogan's Heroes is at the top, and eventually the the camp, the Marine base from um, from Gomer Pyle is here. Hmm. Uh, but this is a this is an active backlot. This is down in this is in Hollywood. This is Culver City. Um, but that was the old 40 acres lot. That's the, that was Desi Lou's, uh, and then there was some stages there at the back, which do still exist. So the pilots still for Star Trek right shot. now, some of those stages are still around in Culver city. The stages are still, they were, they were, uh, the stages where gone with the wind was shot. They go from the silent era. They've been through wow. five or six owners, including right now. And still yeah, around stages, but the location, the big the lo lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's gone. Changed. It's all industrial yeah. warehouses now because the land was way too valuable. Yeah. But the point here is there's your full circle <laughs> Star Trek to Andy Griffith, but oh, it's not a big detour because they were on Desilu land the whole time. Who we have to thank for Star Trek. And, you know, we're in, yes, we're in Corona lockdown time. People aren't traveling, or at least I hope they're not traveling and getting in huge. Even though it's not a huge, it's not 5,000 people or 10,000 people or even a thousand. But if, uh, when we're out of this, Ali, and I'm telling, I'm sharing this with everybody, uh, there is a service that there, I have a company I just got really ramped up last year called Trekland Treks, where we do day tours on the film sites. And I'm not sure if we've got any Treksters with us in the audience today, but, um, there you go. Oh, is that a time? There we go. Yay. So, guys, I'm just saying there's a Facebook page. Uh, there's a Trekland Treks Facebook page. If you go, I'm going to start a wait list. Just who knows when we can do this safely again. But if you're interested and you're hearing about this for the first time, I've got a list of over 40, probably 50 places now, thanks to Picard, where we can go on tours. You set up here. We concierge it for you. I'll work with you, and then I will lead you, and we will have call sheets and background information, and you can photo up your heart's content and all that stuff. And, uh, oh, there we go. New subscriber. Oh. Thank you, Continuum Trek, for joining uh, the Life Support Live community. Coming in from YouTube, yeah. So I'm just saying, guys, we cannot do a Trekland Treks location tour here around L.A. right now, and who knows when we can. But if you want to get on the, you know, join the page and get on the wait list especially, just just post a post and say, hey, Larry, I saw the treks on Life Support Live and put me down for when we can finally get out and do this safely. Uh, let, let's talk about doing the treks down the line. You know, um, true story, Larry, my um, my friends who um, uh, the four of us we're playing Star Trek Adventures right now, which has been very difficult because we're across three different time zones. Two of us have kids. Two of us are working wild hours. But and we for found... the layman non-gamers, Star Trek Adventures is the paper and dice tabletop. Yes, yes. So we're playing Star that. Trek. But our um, two weeks ago is when we were supposed to go camping to Vasquez Rocks. That Aww. was our that was our plan that we made back in January. Um, so um, I I look forward to the day when we can be back on both Vulcan. And go meet some Gorn, and then also apparently just Vasquez Rocks in Star Trek Picard. Yes. So I, I look forward to. And to... don't forget to look for the Capellans and the Mentakans too. Yes, yes. Um, and weird guys, little spaceships that look like they should be right out of my favorite Martian, but they're not. They're last of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's a good one, Larry. Um, can you just remind folks of the connection to? Um, uh, uh, why is that connection back to that lot so important to Star Trek? I don't think everyone knows this whole story. Well, that was that was one of the properties that were the studios that that uh, Desi Lubot, Lucille Ball, and Desi Arnaz. And that's oh, that's important what you because, wanted. Sorry. Yes, people. If you're watching the original series with the original end titles, people see Desi Lu there. But yeah, Desi Lu was Ricky and Desi's studio. They got divorced. Lucy inherited the whole property. And very famously now, this came out of nowhere about 10 years ago, and now people are like pushing back on it. But basically, the beloved story now is that when Lucy's very cautious board enjoyed their their big jobs in a little pond, 
and they didn't want to disrupt this in the 60s, but Lucy wanted her studio to do more than half-hour sitcoms, like you saw, her own show, and then other sitcoms that they hosted, Hogan's Heroes, and everybody you saw at the lot there were, you know, Lucy shot shows. Um, but she wanted to do it a little more, and she hired Herb Solo, this young, you know, sales guy, TV guy, to be an ambitious seller, and he found Gene Roddenberry, and he found Bruce Jeller, the Bruce Geller, for that matter, and actually sold Mission Impossible and Star Trek. I don't know if you ever heard of these shows. They were old shows in the 60s. Maybe <laughs> the that Paramount keeps making movies. Uh, yeah. They, uh, they sold those shows, and there was actually a discussion on the board. They were worried that if they tried to amp up and do these two ambitious one-hour shows, dramas, that it would bankrupt the studio. Yeah. And what we often, and it, so it was Lucy, Lucy and her two youngest board members who said, but Lucy was the executive veto, right? She was the owner. The board all voted to, basically to protect their jobs and say, no, let's just stick with the sitcoms. Those are safe. And she said, no, I want the studio to grow. And so she won the day and they not only sold Star Trek, but they actually made it and Mission Impossible. And the next year they sold Mannix, which was another one hour show. And within a year and a half, uh, Paramount next door, uh, bought them up. Yep. They were yeah. what, you know, the famous stories about cutting the budgets on Star Trek and poor Matt Jeffries and all of that. I'm getting into other K3 factors here, but <laughs> they were, they were true. They were cutting budgets for a reason. They were hemorrhaging money and they were, you know, it's Lucy made out okay. She guarantees her show as long as it, you know, makes ratings. And, but her board all lost their jobs, <laughs> department heads. And Paramount swallowed it up, and then we have, you know, 4,700 years of Paramount being the big producer and bad guy, but um, until CBS, you know, business things. But yeah, so that's that's the importance. And back in the day, Desi Lu actually had three lots. There was another lot off of Desi Lu Gower where they made the original I Love Lucy's. Yes. But uh, and they've they sold all those properties. Paramount only wound up buying. The chunk that was adjacent, which we all think of today as the old Desi, which was the old RKO with the globe on the corner. And I'm getting way too deep. I'm going to hand it back to you, Ollie. Uh, no, I, uh, that's. But this uh, this well, is all kind of lore, and you can walk in the footsteps. This is, if we do a Trex, this is what we do. I, I think it's so uh, interesting that I, we have this connect. Star Trek has um, Desi Lu and I Love Lucy, and all, like these connections, I think, are, are, are interesting, and we need to know um, how Star Trek came to be and why we have um, the, the folks we have to thank for it. So um, thank you for that, Larry. Yeah. Um, okay, let's hobble our way into the away <laughs> mission. <laughs> this has been, um, I think it's been a wild ride today. We've gone in a lot of different directions, but that's how relationships work, so I, I'm totally cool with that. So... Um, Away mission. Um, you should be lucky for a little wildness in a pandemic, okay? Yes, it we need. It doesn't involve viruses, okay? We, we need. We need a little bit of that. Um, yes. As as Starfleet boy says, uh, Larry's vaults run deep. I always learn something new and exciting. Um, same is true with me, uh, Starfleet boy. I always learn something new um, in the pre-show that Larry and I do, but then also on the actual show itself. So I was, I was thinking about this. How can I give you all an away mission that will help you to further connect um, with people that you love? That was what my mission was. And it gets back to something I mentioned earlier about excitement. 
and it gets it gets to this idea of novelty. Now, whether you are in a romantic relationship or whether you are um, uh, want to deepen a friendship, what we all need right now is some novelty. I, I think I've mentioned this a few weeks ago, Larry, but we we need to do something that does activate that excitement again. And if you think about life before coronavirus, we all did did things where there would be novelty in the day, like random things would happen that would get our hearts racing, that would get our blood pumping, that would make us feel closer to the people we're with. So we, we all need to find some ways of doing that. So Make it Zoom meetings. Oh, gosh, no more Zoom meetings, please. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I'll, I'll speak to Zoom meetings in a second. If you're, if you're living with someone that you want to get closer to, it's going to be about um, buy some new $20 board game on Amazon. It's going to be about watching some type of movie that you've never seen before, a new genre, maybe from a different culture, maybe a different language, exploring something on, on Netflix that you've never seen before. Um, if you are trying to better connect with someone, uh, a friend, um, someone that you love uh, distantly, and all you have is Zoom and FaceTime and Google Meet and all these platforms, it's about finding some type of new activity that you can do together across Zoom. It's about playing some kind of Zoom game. It's doing a scavenger hunt uh, via Zoom. It's going to be about some kind of new experience there. And then if you're fortunate enough to live in a place where there there is outdoor space where you can both um, meet and still socially distance and feel like that is minimizing risk, Doing some kind of shared activity that way, whether it is a picnic or going on a on a bike ride together or um, a, a socially distant walk, we need novelty and new experiences to get our hearts racing again. That will make you feel closer to the people that you're with. It'll also make the person that you love, it'll make you feel more attracted to them as well. So novelty. Hopefully healthier. Aside, as yes. long as you're yeah, following yeah. all protocols, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. adrenally and hormonally and and yeah, neurochemically healthier. Yeah. All all of those things, Larry. Um, we we need that. Um, and I know how overwhelming Zoom is and all of this stuff. But if you can bring a structured activity to it, if it's a game or here's another thing, just this is the reason why we do these uh, shared watches on Life Support Live. Just fire up your Zoom and watch something together. And if you can, watch something very different than what you'd normally watch together. Um, I promise you it is going to help you to feel a bit closer to that person, feeling a little bit more intimacy with that person. All right, Larry, let's um, open up these hailing frequencies. Wow. Um, I was just checking back on hailing frequency. And guys, remember, guys and gals, uh, all up and down the spectrum, we have our Skype address over there. If you want to Skype in, come in on Live Support Live Host Texas, text us uh, from Texas or anywhere, and let us know you'd like to come in, and Dr. Ali can do the magic on his end. Rebecca uh, says I'm having a socially distanced picnic for Tim's birthday. Um, I've done a few of those, Rebecca, and it's been um, 
it's been quite nice just to see people again in real life. It does make me sad that I can't give the people I'm close to a hug, but it is quite nice to be able to see them. Um, so I, I love it. Yeah. 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 Um, Rose says, what about watching Life Support Live all 18 streams back to back? Um, go for it, Rose. I, I, I support we, that. <laughs> we want you to survive the pandemic, not right. succumb to If you need to hear our voices in the background to feel less alone, uh, go for it. I am very that noise supportive. for sleeping. That's yeah. what a lot of people use. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Starfully Boy saying, nice takeaway. I'm adding it to my mantra, novelty. Um, absolutely, Starfully Boy. It's, it's something that we used to get automatically often every day. And now it's something that we have to intentionally build in because otherwise it's, it's not going to be there. Um, Jared, welcome back. I know you're a little late to today's episode, but, um, Jared has been our member who, keeps um, encouraging us to have some kind of live retreat. He's been our Netflix. He's been our social, uh, our, our live social, not our social media manager. He's, he's, he's planning all these retreats all over the country. <laughs> I know. I hope, Larry, we can do a panel and get some of our folks together at some con at some time. We'll have come full circle. Yeah, yeah. No, but I know, because that's where the show, this was originally supposed to be a panel, and then it wasn't... I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Someday the trivia question songs will be sung. Did you know <laughs> that Live Support Live began as a canceled panel at one time? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like our canceled pilot, right? Um, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of the same kind of thing. Um, oh, man. Um, folks, I'm actually, I, w- I have a question. Halo frequencies are wide open. I want to learn from all of you. What activities have you been doing with other people that have been helping you to feel connected um, and been enhancing some of that excitement, that novelty that we're talking about? What have you done at home, over Zoom, um, while socially distancing that has helped you to feel more connected to other folks? Uh, Let us know in the comments. I'd, I'd love to hear from all of you about this one. Rebecca says we watched the Lego movie in German. Yeah, that would be novelty for me. (laughs) Yeah. Was ist das Deutsche für Lego? I don't think that's an impression, but I I think that's that should be added when you and I do other languages poorly. Maybe that should be added to the life support. Is there there a need to add the adjective poorly? Uh, (laughs) Probably not. Larry, it looked like you had a comment that you want. I keep cutting you off here. Uh, me? Yeah. Did you have one yeah. that you wanted to read? No. Oh, no. I'm, I'm trying to, I've been read. I've been trying to read. I had one. Oh, from okay. that. Um, I have one that I oh, want to just, was, I'm going to find the, I know what it was, but I'm going to find the. Okay. Quote, you please. find it. I just want to give Zahir a shout out. He says, Kes and Zahir, because someone with my name got romantic with Kes. Uh, I can, that's a good, good enough reason as any to, to pick a relationship. A uh, good pick Speaking there. Of- Speaking of Kess, notice how no one has said Neelix and Kess. No. Because no one has said Neelix and Kess. There may be some doubt as to whether that was actually a thing or not, just, you know, like Neelix's press agent just trying to drum up some, you know, some red carpets for him or something. I don't know. I, I never bought that relationship. Um, Maybe if they went to it, they would ever, people would believe it. I don't, I, yeah. 
Um, let's see. Um, Libby has some great comments here. What have I done? Well, Life Support Live. I really enjoyed watching the DS9 episode with others. Libby, we want to do a lot more of that. Um, uh, the local sci-fi club meets every Saturday night via Zoom. Um, and I've been able to host, which doesn't always work that well. Um, but I've been the host, which sounds like a lot of work. Um, you stressed yourself, Libby, and that's the important thing. Heidi says, uh, played some online board games and video games. Speaking of online games, folks, I just got one of these. Does anyone, does anyone play Switch? I got, um, Mario Kart, which I'm pretty good at. Just say, well, pretty good at, I play mostly with my 10 year old nephew. So I'm better than him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Ali, this space and time has been reserved for mental health and Star Trek and uh, techniques there, too. And hey, now, when it comes to video games, I always tell folks, uh, I, if video games are a power up, that's awesome. If there are a side quest that takes you away from your goals in your life, that that's when it might become a problem. But if anyone plays Switch, let me know. I, I'd love to... Um, Send you my Switch uh, friend name if anyone wants to, to play. I found it. Yes. So Clayton, Clayton George on Facebook had said a total a realm we have not even touched upon. Uh-huh. In most of the mirror universe relationships, it's not so much a relationship as it is a power grab, often literally, which happens in Prime and you know all the other timelines too. They're like, and we mentioned Narek and Soji. That's all about manipulation. That's well, that was the and abuse. Part- <laughs> part of the part of the dramatic tension underlying that was it began as pure manipulation, but then he became a fa- you know in the end he's the bad guy gone good just enough to save the good guys, and then he's booted out the end without even a final scene aside from being you know wrangled to the ground, and he's probably not back in the second season, which would have been an ignominious you know last scene. He didn't even get a good death scene, but. The, the the whole the whole texture with that relationship was yes it wasn't a pure romantic except then it kind of became that way and that was the complicating factor right so yeah. we should that's yeah. that sometimes you're thrown into a relationship where maybe romance uh, a long term is not what you expected and it's not just that it was totally innocent maybe you were sent to you know shut down a business or you were <laughs> you were sent to wreck a family I don't know I'm getting weird here but there are all kinds of situations where the relationship didn't turn out the way you meant for it to be, but the initial impulse for it was not, you know, was nefarious. So yeah. Yeah. that sounds like it's more the thing of the scriptwriter than the real life person. But um, yeah. But anyway, but the mirror universe, it's like, can there be, it's almost like by the definition of the mirror universe, no one can have an, who can have an honest relationship in the mirror universe? Well, the one thing I like, um. It's so twisted and so, you know, convoluted. The laws of physics and, not the laws of, the laws of attraction and relationships are like non-existent. The mirror universe is a, is a, there's some things I like about, um, the mirror universe when it comes to, when it comes to all of this sort of stuff. And, um, I guess one thing, um, one thing that I like is that they seem to be a little bit more open about, um, uh, they seem to be open about less categories for people. Um, uh, Giorgio has that, um, wonderful line, uh, when Stamets says, uh, you know, I'm gay, right? And she goes, oh, God, um, 
you, I forget what she actually says, but it's something like, um, you think in such like categorical ways or something about sexuality. Binary, binary yes, binary. Sorry and... to throw those technical terms at you that I know you've never <laughs> heard before, but yeah. Thank you, Larry, for the assist. Um, they, they do seem to see sexuality in much more of a spectrum when it comes to, um, when it comes to sexuality, they see things in much more of a spectrum, which is one thing I like about the mirror universe. They don't quite see things in as, in as binary way. Um, Jared, I have a switch. I mean, I have Animal Crossing and, um, I played it for about an hour. I'll get back into it, but it seems to be a slow start there. So, uh, yeah, um, that's what's going on with me and Animal Crossing. Um, uh, here's one from Jalen Bullock had said, are we restricted to romantic relationships? Because O'Brien and Bashir's bromance yeah. certainly is a thing. Yeah. A and bromance. Dun, dun, this is. Um, yes, I agree. And uh, I think it's a great example also of that excitement and um, that we were talking about. They do that with holodecks and new holodeck pursuits and new missions that keep excitement and novelty alive. It's something that really helps to enhance their relationship with each other. Um, uh, Zahir says weekly Zoom hangouts with a group of friends and their friends. Regular movies with my local friends over Zoom. Very cool. Sounds like that's a regular activity. One-on-one -on -one walks or meals outside with local friends. Of course, connecting with folks on Life Support Live. Um, I now feel like Ali isn't the only member I know IRL. Oh, that's very sweet. I'm glad, um, I'm glad it's been a good source of connection for you, Zahir. That's that makes me happy. Wait, define IRL. Um, in real life, Zahir and I, uh, are friends oh, wait, going back to... Define real life. Define real life. Yeah. It's this simulation we're all running in right now that where the difficulty has been set to 10 out of 10. Like we're all stored in the, in the, <laughs> in the runabouts, uh, Transport I know, I know, I know. Um, Zahir and I are friends going back to, I believe, elementary school. So uh, we go back a long way. And Life Support Live has been a great way for us to talk Trek on a regular basis. Um, let's see. Um, Got to vote for family dynamics here from Libby for future future topics. Oh, yeah. Have we not done that yet, Larry? Oh, no. Well, I think it's life, I think like we can't run out of topics. No, here. I know. There's so what much Star Trek. Fact. Um, family dynamics is something that lower decks will probably give us a, a good, uh, inspiration for. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. Not giving any. As far as romantic or sexual relationships, I tend to stick by Captain Jack Harness, um, from Doctor Who. Clayton, we're not supposed to be talking about Doctor Who. Uh, this, uh, we're, let's not make things uh, wibbly-wobbly here in Timey Wimey. This is not... It's across uh, the streams, which yeah. I know is Ghostbusters also, but there yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, William, I'd love to turn on the computer, the arch. Um, oh. Computer, arch. <laughs> it's been a yes yes, yes some more of our cross ponders there <laughs> oh man um countries uh let's see let's see uh oh glenn says campfire in the front yard um that sounds really cool glenn glenn are you making uh marshmallows in your campfire uh i'd, I'd love to oh and little known that. fact 
a campfire, an open flame can burn away the coronavirus within a five foot radius. Well, you know, Larry, they say time is the fire in which we burn. Uh, that is more true than what I just said in the derp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, I, I had a I had a corollary to that for Corona time the other day. I came up with it's more like time is the fog in which we <laughs> in stumble which, around. Do we stumble around? That sounds that sounds uh, more apt for twenty twenty. You're all welcome to quote that. It just quote me back. Yeah. W- uh, William says swimming hard. Um, William swimming is my favorite physical activity. I don't get to do it often. Uh, and second place is biking for me. Um, in last place is running. I hate running. It's so boring and it hurts my knees. So no, thank you. That's why I like swimming and biking. Um, oh, I had a comment here. I was going. Libby no. says this has been a great time to reconnect with people, even if virtually big wave at Larry. Um, so, uh, awesome. Libby, I'm really glad we've connected here. I've really, um, I, I love your comments. I feel like we, we definitely mind meld on a lot of mental health topics here. Um, so thank you, Libby, for being, Libby um, goes back to the early days of my Oklahoma local fandom and the early days of ThunderCon. Google ooh. it. Yeah. The original ThunderCon. Oklahoma where the do, 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 do. Or the, I love that uh, musical, Larry. Fog, which we stumble in. Yeah. Which is the guy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, had, I had a good here. Um, but a lot of it, thank, I'm glad to see so many new folks with us this week. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. This has and been while wonderful. You're, if you're new this week and you've not been with us before, we have a simple Facebook page, a group yes. page. If you want to go, um, please go like it and, subs- and subscribe. And we often have, we didn't this week, but we often have a poll up to help us pick the subject there. So if you're, and you're free to post, you know, whatever you feel like posting in the realm here of Star Trek and mental health, whatever's fun and still gets our point across. But yeah, please go like the Facebook page. Uh, you can also go like and subscribe my uh, YouTube also channel if you're not, whether you're there or not. I'm, I'm late to the YouTube game. So please go subscribe at Larry Nimichek. Thanks. Yeah, um, uh, we are all over the interwebs. Um, my channel, The Psych Show, is on YouTube, and you can also connect with both Larry and I on Twitter and Instagram. We're both semi-regularly active uh, on both those platforms, so we'd love to keep the connection alive with all of you week to week. Um, Let's see. Uh, PR Celebrity said, so glad you were all doing this. Um, so glad to have you here, PR Celebrity. Um, so yep. glad to see all the new, all the new faces like, um, Starfleet Boy. So great. Um, I'm new, but not new. My manager, Ali. That's Johnny. Ah, so good to have you. PR Celebrity. Yes. He's yeah. being anonymously agenty anonymous, but, um, but that was, <laughs> let's see. Um, Life, Jared says, life support, life support, live fan group, Synthaholics Anonymous. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Jared, yeah. I appreciate your, um, um, encouragement of, um, life support live vice related activities, as well as all the planning you're doing for our, our, uh, in person, uh, retreats in the future oh here's the chain uh we're talking about there's a there's a threat the youtubers 
We've yes. actually. Got... Oh, and by the way, hi Twitchers. I haven't seen anything pop up from Twitch today. No, no, nothing happening from Twitch. You're it's not being ignored. Day. Here's the yeah. time when, if you actually pop up, we might see it if we're if we're caught up. No, there's a thread going. Uh, who all's in here? Continuum Trek and uh, Starfleet Boy. They're all talking about Lucille Ball and Desi Lu, yeah. and she's the original <laughs> boss B. Um, and then uh, Continuum Trek asks, I wonder if Janeway was modeled on her. Um, and I'll just mm. say, here's, here's a freebie K3, not specifically. Yeah. Um, but uh, she, Janeway was just meant to be a competent female role model. Jerry Taylor didn't really have a model model. There was an actual real – no, I'll save that. I'm going to save that for a K3. But so no, not specifically. Uh, you you can't just tease us like this, Larry. Yes, You're, I can. Yes, I can. Was... It's my show, damn it! I can tease. <laughs> you it's my party, and I'll tease if I want to. Oh man, you can. You might have to tell me in the post show, because um, now I now I now I need to know. Just because he's a host, you know. <laughs> we'll have to have our. This is I have yes. needs, Larry. Speaking of relationship, I have. <laughs> I don't want. To... I don't want to hear. <laughs> I'm shutting down our, our empathy. Our, in, our our intimacy interval is over. Uh, Jared says, um, I need something to do to keep myself occupied while waiting on new episodes of The Psych Show. Jared, I have three filmed and they're unedited because life has been so busy. Um, I am dying to get those episodes out. Um so at some point soon, I hope to have those episodes out for you. Well, you guys that are following my saga, Ma Apple released the new IMAX, released the IMAX. Um, and I sent the one that I just got back and had not taken out of the carton yet. I sent it back to get a machine that's going to be 15% better and faster and $85 less. So I'm still not into the whole new brave new world of actually being competent. Like right now we're on strip. I have stripped my system down so we can sync and sync today, and apparently it's working. So it's working nicely. It's a little behind the scenes for everybody there, but uh, we have to tech the tech. Uh, Larry's have, waiting I have for a his stack of videos stacked and waiting on me from years back that I've been slow to get onto. So I'm looking forward to doing more output too. Yay. Uh, Libby says some of these reactions need to be screenshot for more caption this games on the Facebook page. Um, yeah, that was Larry. That screenshot. What were we talking about in that moment when I was no, I was like this and you were like like that? I have no idea. There might have been a little creative license taken with that one. But... Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, we were but, so out of sync last week that it was hard to get a good sync. Oh, yeah. No, well, that that's absolutely true. Today's um, much better. Yeah, Glenn says it's a lot better today. Thank you, Glenn, for that feedback. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's working out. I brought in some extra mice and hamsters, and the cages are spinning <laughs> even faster. I thought maybe you just um, sent uh, redistributed the power from life support systems to the main computer core, but um, you know, I cross circuited to be. That's yeah. all. I love original series techno babble. <laughs> there was oh, no man. You know what's fun, Larry, is we have no idea really what the topic is going to be next week because we are going to take topics that are inspired by future episodes of Lower mm -hmm. Decks. So I have no idea. Uh, I know some critics have seen um, the first four episodes of, of Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you have not. 
Um, I didn't this time, yes. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, you saw the, did you see the premiere early? Uh, partly. How did you get that avatar? That's what I want to know. Oh. You have a, a very cool avatar. <laughs> so the LA fandom, there's, we have a local uh, fan and an artist, Lean, Isabel, and she, um, she asked a little money for that, but it's, uh, she, she'll make one to your specs. Your, your, take a photo of you and then your, um, like whatever color and rank and species and attitude mood you want yeah. and she will she will turn it out for you oh uh, well send me yeah. the link to her web page because i i might want to partake in that i got so I jealous a... seeing your new avatar it looks so good well you know me i just jump on every little latest trend and you know i don't <laughs> that's what that was a little i guess that's why it woke so many people up or they noticed it but i had a lot of good compliments on yeah, it. yeah no I, it looks good it looks good you look good as a lower decker <laughs> You look good as a 2D image. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, man. I almost went to a tell. I asked her about a Tellerite, and she said she tried it. And it, But they're, I don't think it's the same reason why they're not represented on screen more. But she was like, it's hard to do it. You know? Anyway. Uh, yes. Oh, your own animate. What do you mean? Ali is an animated avatar. <laughs> I'm, this is all AI right here. Um, yeah, we're getting some requests for that, uh, for the link for that, um, for that artist. We want to, sounds like a lot of folks want to support her work. So we'd love to. Uh, she didn't, she, she's not advertising, which doesn't mind being, uh, you know, word of mouth. Uh, it's L-E, I'll say it here. It's L-E-E-N, Isabel on Facebook. So if you go, or go to the LA Away team homepage and you'll find her in, in the mix of people. L-E-E-N. Uh, Isabel. Isabel. Yeah. I-S-A-B-E-L. But I'll put it, I'll put it on the page. I, cool. I hate to mass advertise it. I like keeping it word of mouth, but here's a whole lot of words to a whole lot of mouths now. So, and ears. Cool. So. Uh, always great to support, um, folks that are making cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I've got a question. Um, since hailing uh, frequencies are wide open, me, yes. me, me in the front row, me, me, you there in the, in the federation, yeah. in the um, which includes, you know what these stars mean, Larry? These include the founding members, including Tellarites. Hashtag Tellarite love now. So why are there three big stars? Well, you know the Vulcans, Andorians, and Earth are a little bit of a bigger deal. I love the Tellarites, but those three stars I, I, really I, I, represent... I'm just saying, they were underdogs from day one. I don't think... <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. It's true. Who knows if they're even in that new Federation flag that we see in Star Trek Discovery. Um, that's what the biggest spoiler of all is, that they're, the, the Federation has totally faded and dissipated and split off of itself. The only thing left of the Federation is Teller Prime. If that is the storyline, I think you and I will have to have a socially distanced like celebration dance. Because if that's I'm... the storyline, we're about to be cut off in three, two, one. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I what was my question? Oh yes, I have a question. Um What watch alongs would people want? Um mm. if we let's say we do like a uh, a few one offs here and there. What do you all want to watch together? Um, 
Is it that, an episode? That leads to a theme we can expand on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think there's a lot of really cool episodes. Like, I actually... When, you know, one of the things, Larry, I wanted to do, I wanted to watch The Next Generation Season 7 Lower Decks. I think that'll be a fun rewatch. That's actually one of my favorite episodes. Of, I've seen of a lot of people doing that in the last week. A lot of people prepped and watched Lower Decks again. Yes. What what I love about that episode is the Lower Decks view of the senior staff is so different from the senior staff we know and love. It, it's actually um, the kind of larger than life, very intimidating figures um, in that episode. Um I'm, but, and I'm not going to spoil the new Lower Decks series, yeah. but there's a tiny, you know, and it is Lower and Upper Decks there. It's upstairs, downstairs, very much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing that... It's very upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, um, a up, uplift, downlift. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what we needed, Star Trek uplift, downlift. But then, then you get back into like Starfleet industrial bras, and maybe we don't want to go there. Oh, which was no. a thing, by the way. I've got the image to shoot. <laughs> Marina to prove it. My point here is that there were some moments of the hero of the of the eighteen characters, right? The the bridge crew. There were some moments with them that were so perfect. They had nothing to do with the ensigns, and it was it's about that attitude. It, it was taking that lower decks perspective you just said and and heightening that for the animation and i don't know i haven't seen anybody else talk about it i haven't done a formal review uh i've saved it for a couple of other people to talk with and i may say it tuesday on tuesday's live uh but you're all welcome to watch tuesday's live at one on tuesday pacific and two eastern or four eastern but um but yeah i it's not just about the i mean i'm i'm glad to see them not just developing the ensigns they are developing the upper you know the upper deck people but there was a there's a there's a vibe to the storytelling that if they keep up with it. I think it's perfect, and it's exactly what you just said from the live action lower decks. Thanks for listening to the Life Support Live podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on this episode. I'm at Alimatu on social media, and I'm at Larry Nimacek. Hey, if you like this show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It'll help more people to discover life support. And you can join the community at our Life Support Live Facebook group. If you'd like to learn more about psychology and mental health, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thepsychshow. And for a deeper dive into all things Trekland, like Portal 47, check out Larry Nimichek's Trekland on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek well, everyone.